Thanks for joining us for the Hospitality Hangout, a hospitality-focused podcast where the founders of Branded Strategic share their insights and bring technology and innovation leaders that are making things happen in the industry we love. My name is Jimmy Frischling, otherwise known as the finance guy. I'd like to introduce my partner, Mr. Michael Schatzberg, also known as the restaurant guy. And thanks for that introduction, Jimmy. And to all those listening, feel free to call me Shatsy. Together, we are the personalities behind Branded Hospitality Ventures. We work at the intersection of hospitality, technology, innovation, and capital. And Jimmy, do we have a show for you today? Oh, Let me big tell show. you. Big first, show. first, I got to tell you something, Jimmy. First, tell me something. Uh, I got to tell you, I was thinking about this. I couldn't sleep all last night. I was up all last night. Hey, I was thinking about this podcast. I was thinking how excited I am that we actually have. I mean, Chico, Chico's Bail Bonds, as you know, Jimmy, was our sponsor for a long time. Yes, uh, yes. But today, I am very, very proud to announce that our newest sponsor, Chico, is no more uh, sponsoring the podcast. Don't Retired know why Chico. Re- Chico is gone. It is now Boom. Boom oh. is sponsoring the podcast. Boom is an e-commerce platform connecting the greatest and latest technology solutions and restaurant and hospitality operators. It is an e-commerce B2B marketplace. Boom.store. Jimmy it is awesome. Jimmy, it is free to use. Check it out. Boom.store. We love having them as a sponsor. And I got to tell you, it is fantastic. Jimmy, we got an amazing, amazing show with an amazing guest. Take it away, Jimmy. No more about Boom. Let's get into it. Let's jump into this. Very excited for today's episode. Our guest is our friend, Mr. Anton Nicholas, managing partner at ICR. Shats, how do you like them apples? I got to tell you something. ICR is uh, one incredible company. It it is just they are doing some amazing stuff, and we were fortunate, fortunate Very to fortunate. have been in, invited. I don't know if we were invited or we just went there and showed up, but we were, uh, I think we probably wouldn't be invited. But we were down at ICR's twenty fifth anniversary event down in Orlando. It, let me tell you, Jimmy. I own one blazer. It's the only time I bring a blazer to a conference. That's how classy this event is. I bring up blazers are for funerals and bar mitzvahs. I wore a blazer to this thing. And people were looking at me like, Shats, what are you doing? I go, this is ICR, baby. I got a blue blazer and I was looking good. You were looking very good. It was a great A-lister event, and we're going to talk about that in a little bit with Anton. Listen, uh, before we jump into the podcast, I think everyone's aware uh, that, that we release the podcast on Tuesdays, so we're introducing one of our newest segments, Trivia Tuesday. Each week, we sh- we'll share fun trivia questions about our guests, but here's the catch. You have to tune into the end of the episode to find out the answer. So this week's Trivia Tuesday, we're going to play a game. I'm excited. Two truths and a lie. I actually really love this game. Two truths and a lie. Uh, Shatsy, you know how it works, but for our listeners, well, remember when it was just remember when it was three truths, three truths. Yes, that was, yeah, that was three interesting. Truths. Here we go. <laughs> this is better. This is better. All right, I'm going to list better. three facts about Anton. But here's the catch: two are true, one is false. Shatsy and our audience, you'll get to guess. Okay, fact one: Anton tried out for Survivor early on and made it to a casting call. Fact two. I got to think, Ant- just looking at Anton right now, I agree. I agree. I can yeah. see him on Survivor. I'm a huge fan of Survivor. You know that, Jimmy. I love that. I do, I do know that. I don't think the show's ever going to catch on. But anyway, uh, fact two. Anton was a rainforest guide in Ecuador. Fact three. Ooh, Anton plays competitive lacrosse two times a week. So we got Wait, Survivor. As, a, as like a high schooler now. It says competitive two times a week. I think that's right now. So uh, we got Survivor. We got Rainforest Guide in Ecuador. We got competitive wow. lacrosse two times a week. How do you like them? We, had, we already talked about apples. We know you love apples, yeah. Shatsy. 
All right. Yeah, so no, I got to tell you, that, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. I, mean, I, I can't wait to the end to, to, to hear right. to hear which one is true and which one is false. Right. We'll have some stories. All right. Remember to stay, stick around to the end to find out the real story and find out which ones are true and which one uh, less so. All right. Let's get into it. Anton, uh, appreciate you letting us do our little banter at the top of the show. We'll let you take the lead here. Please give us a little background of yourself. And of course, introduce our audience to the fantastic and powerful ICR. Wow, what an incredible introduction! I, I got to tell you, it was uh, everything. And our my- guest is still our guest is still on the show. I thought he was hung up already. <laughs> it, it, it was. It took everything in my body not to jump in there so many times. I mean, I thought you were going to introduce me as as uh, buttermaker for a second there. I want to make sure that it's clear that Chatsy, you were indeed VIP invites to the conference. So, I mean, that's, you know, that's serious. a first for Jimmy and I, that's a first for Jimmy. I mean, thank you for clarifying. That's that is very, very thin. Air happened before. Very thin. Yes. Thank you. Anyways, listen, <laughs> I, I do appreciate the amazing uh, intro uh, and thanks for having me on today. It's very exciting for me to be here. Um, per, per my uh, first question, uh, I've been in this business of communications for over 20 years, sadly, because that dates how old I am. I won't say exactly how many years. Um, but, you know, it's really the business of financial communications, thinking about how companies communicate, uh, you know, their message in particular to the Wall Street community. Um, I came out of uh, graduate school with a degree, advanced degree in uh, uh, environmental uh, policy and climate change. Never done anything with it. Got into this business via some back channels and have been in it ever since. Um, ICR is a, an integrated communications firm is how we call ourselves. That's fancy speak for we do everything from public company, investor and public relations to uh, private company, consumer public relations, brand uh, public relations. Um, we also do a ton in the transaction support world and crisis communications. Uh, and I think, you know, you guys already mentioned it before, but, you know, it all sort of comes together in our conference where, you have all of these companies down there, both public and provi- uh, private, presenting, interacting with the Wall Street uh, capital markets, interacting with public, um, uh, you know, equity investors, but also, uh, you know, private equity funds and uh, high net worth and incredible, you know, sort of third parties that are in and around the space uh, like yourself. So, yeah, I, I got to tell you, it's it's awesome. And uh, just for everybody out there, because this is, I think, the question that everyone really wants to know. What does ICR stand for? <laughs> I do That's what everyone that. wants to know. Because I'm, I'm like, I'm going to ICR. They're like, what's that? We, You know what? We get that so much. Um, it actually stands for Integrated Corporate Relations. And I don't think we've actually... Uh, breaking news. news. I don't think we've even used that tagline after the first year, to be honest with you. And the funny part is that for like 15 years, everyone thought ICR was just a conference and that we were all conference organizers, which I'd be happy to be. But unfortunately, I have a day job, too. <laughs> yeah, no, I got to tell you, it's awesome. And I, I got to tell you, you are one of those companies that, uh, no disrespect, but you are really making things happen behind the scenes. You are working with some of the largest publicly traded companies, some of the largest private companies in the uh, CPG retail, food service, hospitality space. 
I, I, you know, you are really making things beha- happening behind the scenes. You really are connecting the dots. It's really incredible. Um, so before we get into a deeper dive into ICR, because everyone wants to know what you guys really are doing, can you give us a little backstory about how did Anton get here? How what, yeah. how did you start your professional journey? Take us back to 1970-ish. You know, <laughs> where do we begin? Talk to me. So, so there we were. Boston was number one on the charts. No, so... Um, <laughs> Anton, this is Shatsy's Fraser Crane moment. He's listening. He's yeah, so, so and the first I, hour is free, by the way. If you like me, you like me, you can pay. If you like I me, think you can I pay. got the Fraser Crane dome going right now. Plus, I'm on like the podcast, so that makes me feel like it. So, I, um, you, you know, I was in graduate school and uh, I was broke. No surprises. Uh, where, where, where are you at school? Where, where did I was you go at uh, Brown University up in Providence, Rhode Island. Um, oh, our and, our partner Dino's got two two kids over there. Actually, his son Benny is a, a senior at the lacrosse lacrosse team. Oh, awesome! Great school, go Bears! Love the Lax team. Um, so, so I, I got introduced to a guy that was on the board of trustees by the name of Jim Abernathy, um, who was in this business of financial communications for a long time. Uh, sadly, passed away a few years ago, but a fantastic guy. He was on the board. He, you know, gave me an internship one summer uh, when I was in graduate school, just for professional experience at that point. Um, And, uh, you know, he and his team just sort of, I think, took a liking to me and took a liking to my background being a little bit different than where they'd come from. Um, And back at that time, there was a lot of the sort of consolidation play amongst the energy providers was going on. So you had, you know, electric companies buying gas companies and electric companies buying water companies and stuff. And they were thinking that they could just, you know, have the same customer base and deliver the different services to them. And so there was a theory that they could get a guy like me with my background in doing environmental policy and climate change in the door to work with these companies to think about longer term initiatives on things like ESG, you know, what their environmental policies was and stuff like that. So course this was back in 77 you're doing esg before esg was a thing yeah no one knew (laughs) what the heck that was at that point so actually i think about it today it probably would have worked to be honest with you but back then it wasn't didn't really take hold and so i just began you know in the business and started doing polluting was in vogue in the 70s (laughs) Yeah, yeah silent spring was being burned at that point no doubt so i mean it was uh you know, it had good intentions, but ultimately it worked out fantastically for me because I got into this business. I did a ton of transaction M&A communication support, and that sort of kicked off my career. And it's led me around the world. And I was uh, based in Europe for a little while. I ran a U.S.-based company. And then I ended up at ICR about 12 years ago now to run our you know, consumer division. That is awesome. No, congrats on all of it. And, and again, we... Jimmy's um, getting really- excited. You start talking finance, baby. Oh, Yeah. 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 Oh, here I am, stepping in. All right, the state of the financial markets, state of the financial market, it is certainly affecting how companies are evaluating their own businesses and and even perhaps their growth strategies. As a lot of the young companies we work with were told to grow at all costs, and and then you know with the uh, correction and the pullback and then the Fed raising rates, they've now been told to get to break even, get to profitability, um, and that's a 180 degree turn. Um, so again, it's really a, a, a interesting and challenging market. So while the glass half empty company is maybe 
dusting off their funeral jacket. Uh, Shatsy, as you said, uh, blazers for you are for bar mitzvahs and funerals. Um, there's also the Glass Hat Folk Company uh, that's quickly shifted their gears. And I have to tell you, they're going back to the earliest forms of awareness and marketing and media. And I think that's why it's so exciting to have you on the podcast with us. You know, to any PR and communications, you know, platform and agency, this is a massive opportunity uh, to help your existing clients and, of course, uh, garner and be supportive and, 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 and take on new ones. Can you share how the dramatic shift away from capital has expanded you know the focus on marketing and how this is affecting your business and your clients yeah i mean listen i think uh i'd love to just take a piece of that recording because we can have that as part of our elevator speech I thought it was one of the best questions jimmy has ever asked <laughs> yes. I'm off now i only have downside mic drop mic drop I got to sign off. I'll only have downtime the rest of the the podcast. Chatsy, as the restaurant guy, you may not be as familiar with this, but as Jimmy, you know, as the, as the, you know, finance guy, he's certainly familiar with it. But in 2022, it was something like we'd never seen before. I mean, the capital markets were shut. They did not, there were no transactions. I don't even think there might've been one consumer transaction. Right. And so I think the the notion of going out and getting capital to, you know, pour towards marketing and things like that at all costs, per your point, Jimmy, that sort of evaporated. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think that shift also with the likes of the covid stocks like uh, Peloton and things like that, mm-hmm. where they were way over their skis on profitability or lack thereof um, sort of changed the mindset dramatically, too. So I think what happened was whether you're big or small, um, you realize that you really got to focus on your core business. And in particular for restaurants, you know, that's about trying to attract uh, new and also get uh, existing customers to, you know, repeat frequency, right? And I think we've seen a ton of people shift back to those traditional ways to do that. And, you know, again, marketing can include advertising. We tend not to bundle it together because the reality is, is marketing PR, you know, marketing in this today's world with digital in particular PR tend to be uh, higher ROI because it's less expensive to, you know, upfront invest- investment than advertising. And so a lot of people have come to us with how do we distinguish ourselves in a very crowded field with consumers in particular, right? And how do we drive traffic? How do we drive frequency? How do we get people excited? And that's been something that's just been an enormous um, opportunity for us because, Big companies have always done it for sure, but we've seen it um, go into the smaller companies as well that are trying to maximize their use of marketing dollars. You know, they're trying to squeeze every cent they can get out of the business itself and manage their marketing dollars at the same time. It's been yeah, I, I, yeah. Sorry, I, I was just going to say I think that's an incredible point, and I think uh, Jimmy and I always say, look, the the, the pandemic uh, ch- really it, it it changed nothing. It really accelerated everything. When I think about you guys, play a big a big part in the uh, in the restaurant and hospitality space. You got a lot of clients in that space, uh, it, it, some of the biggest names out there. And when I think about technology in the restaurant space. Uh, and I think about uh, how much tech has come uh, through from the pandemic that really accelerated so many things. I see a lot of brands now refining their tech stacks and they're putting a lot, a lot of focus now on marketing and loyalty and customer engagement. I mean, can you can you give me a, I mean, take what we were just discussing and share a little bit about what trends are you seeing with your clients with respect to technology within loyalty and customer engagement? Because like you just said, it used to be just the big guys could do this stuff. But now there's so much great stuff out there in tech that even the midsize and little guys can 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 do a lot. 
Yeah, no question. And also you had an industry that was sort of, you know, reticent to, you know, adopting new technologies, right? We're slow. We're slow, man. We're slow. Hey, listen. said, something said, slow. That's right. Slow. (laughs) Listen, we cook burgers and we're good at it. And that's what matters. Yeah, we're cooking, man. Yeah. So, I I mean, I think the pandemic accelerated all of that. I look at it this way. I, I think you've got back of house technology implementation that's happening for like, efficiency sake, how do you use more out of your labor? Labor costs are going up. And so you need to you know, reduce the amount of labor that you have. How do you get more efficient? How do you maintain quality? Things like that, right? Then you have front of the house, which is going to be more about you know, the customer experience. How do you make things frictionless, easier, whether it's tablets at the table, whether it's these POS systems that are now handheld and things like that, that just accelerate the the transaction and the service side of it and things like that. And then to your point, Chatsy, there's what I call out in front of the house, which is all about sort of driving traffic, bringing, you know, bringing customers in. How do you do the loyalty? Some of it's about like the customization that you do now too, right? So the, the technology that allows you to figure out that Chatsy, he just loves his Manhattan. He just, he wants his Manhattan. So how do you, how do you ping, how do you ping Shatsy on a Thursday night to make sure he comes in for his Manhattan and things like yeah, that? Non-alcoholic drinks is not my jam, so don't give me that. Anton, have you been talking to Shatsy's wife about his new love of Manhattans? Have you been thinking of Jillian? Yeah, I got to tell you. No, but it's true. Because like, you don't want to market to a vegetarian, you know, these incredible ribeye steaks, you know, so you really exactly. want to make sure that you're targeting the right people. Yeah, and or, you know, you think about, you know, the steakhouses of the world that are actually trying to figure out how to broaden their customer base and are marketing to the wives or the kids about the selection and the offering that they have that they can like as well, right? So that it becomes a family event rather than just the dad and his buddies going out for cigars and a steak. I think the personalization of all this is incredible. And I think that's where uh, ICR and even some of the companies that we have the privilege of working with uh, are really leaning in. There is now a toolkit uh, to, again, get it right and personalize it. And and that's really with the customer engagement and meeting the guests where they are. I always love that line, meeting where they are. All right. As a long-standing finance guy, going back to my roots here, there are certain traditions that are engraved in the culture of the industry. You got the closing bell. You got the earnings call. You even got the time square ticker. They're all staples on how we receive information. And there was a time when traditional media was predicted to take a massive downturn. Um, it could be all digitized. And this either just hasn't happened yet, or maybe it just simply isn't going to happen. Can you share your thoughts on the traditional versus the digital media and the trends and how you know people consume data? I actually think like most things, it's a balancing act. But that's exactly right, though, right? I mean, I think there was uh, there was the trend five, six, seven years ago. Whenever you know, uh, a couple of companies started to post their earnings on Twitter, that you know, Twitter was going to take over all the earnings cycles. That's how everybody was going to announce their news, and the traditional ways of doing things with a press release and a conference call, th- those were dead, right? Um, mm-hmm. Didn't happen. Didn't happen. Doesn't mean it didn't happen in a blended way. Some companies do it that way. Some companies don't. Some companies use Twitter to, you know, post that their earnings is coming out. Then they still do their release, still do their call, things like that. And I think that's the point is that the balancing act. I mean, I think I think if you look at the way people consume media today, it's it's just more broad based. They still read the Wall Street Journals and the New York Times of the world. They do it digitally, probably mostly. Um, but but they still read those publications and those publications still have influence just as much as, you know, some commentary blog that exists out there. Or you see the proliferation of the things like Axios and things like that that are 
only digitally driven that are more newsletter driven and things like that. I, I just think it's people have access to more information. They want more information. It helps them triangulate what they're trying to understand better. Uh, but, you know, the notion that traditional is gone completely, I don't, to your point, Jimmy, I don't think it's ever going to happen. I mean, again, the, the, the stock exchanges still exist, right? Um, you know, the major financial wires still exist. Uh, mm-hmm. It just happens to be another data set for people to, uh, to review. Let's stay on the topic of how media can influence not just how we consume data, but how we consume food. Jimmy, you know a little something about consuming food. Am I right? I think that's a dig, but you know what? I also resemble that remark. We call that a back-ended comment. It's a better example than what we see in the food wars. I mean, we see it all the time. Excuse me. And we see the food wars. We've got the chicken wars. It's the hot chicken. It's the fried chicken. It's the who's got the best. The breakfast wars. Who's got the best breakfast sandwich? Who's serving breakfast? 24-hour breakfast. McDonald's is extending the breakfast. The burger wars. It's, it's, it's four patties, one patty. Who's got the best burger? The burger wars. The list goes on. Are these wars that we're seeing in the food world, Are this is this something that ICR came up with in your market? Like the marketing <laughs> geniuses like yourself were like, look, Here's what we got to do. We're going to create these wars and this is going to create buzz. Or was it just consumer behavior that, that the consumer started and you guys jumped onto it? Which is it? I know, I know the answer. It was you who came up with it. But tell our <laughs> listeners. You know, you know what my answer is, Shatsy? Does it matter? I mean, really the, thing is, <laughs> the thing is, is, and we haven't, we, you know what? You didn't even talk about pizza wars. Pizza for and wars. a pizza war. And yeah, a pizza yeah. war. Listen, the Cold uh, Wars. There's a war going on with iced tea. Everything's got a war. I think I think what you had here, right, is I think you had, again, the, the amount of information that exists out there, the amount of, you know, eaters and tasters and yummiers and everything else that out there about blogging about this thing's better than that, the top 10 thing here, the top 10 thing there, some of it's paid, some of it's not, right? Basically, it, consu- it created this consumer appetite for the argument, the discussion, who's number one. And I think some smart people within the companies realized that and leaned right into it, right? And so if you had a better bur- better for you burger and you know McDonald's is you know one of the largest, if not the largest restaurant company in the world, like why wouldn't you be in every conversation that McDonald's is in? And I think that's a brilliant strategy. I mean, we saw it, you saw it for years with Pepsi and Coke. You saw it for years with Burger King and Wendy's you know, lining up across the street from McDonald's. And I think people have done the same thing as it relates to PR and marketing, like just have us in the same conversation as everyone else. And it's, and it's working. So it's not, yeah, so it's not necessarily new. It's just that now with social media, the different outlets, you're exposed to it more. I think that's exactly right. And the conversation because top of mind for everybody and then everybody can, you know, get involved in it too. Right. I mean, we always say that, uh, anybody with an iPhone is an investigative journalist, but the reality is, is anyone with an iPhone can weigh in on the burger wars too. You can vote, you can tweet, you can message, you can Instagram, whatever it may be, but yes. It's great. Right, look, I, great I love us. that segment. I love the segment you guys just did, but, but you know, I'm not a war guy. I'm, I'm a lover. I'm not a fighter. I'm a lover. I'm so a lover too. I'm a, I was talking about, about war. Jimmy. You're talking about no, war. I'm, I'm a lover. Than me. 
All right, listen, a few weeks ago, we really did, and we talked about it at the top of the show, we had the privilege and the honor of attending the annual ICR conference, and it was the 25th year uh, of the event, and there was so much, um, I think, enthusiasm to be back in person. Um, and, and one of the things I love about the ICR event is, is for us, while we are very focused and almost singularly focused on emerging tech and innovation for food service and hospitality in the F&D space, I love that that's just one of the segments and one of the areas that you guys cover. Cause for us, it's this, this bevy of, of just speakers and channels and, and tracks going on. So for us, it's great that it's not singularly focused. We get to kind of see what's going on on our big brother, the retail community, but we even got to host a podcast live from the conference. Um, so now, as you said, it takes a while to digest yeah. uh, what you just experienced and what you just created and your team. Didn't, did didn't Anton job. blow us off for that? Didn't he blow us off? <laughs> You know what, Chad? I think he felt a little guilty for blowing us off. You know what? Here, here's I had to bring it up, Jimmy. I had to bring it up. I think there was a there was a major emergency, and here's the beauty: we get now Anton for an entire show, as opposed to just a one little segment on live at the event. But but here we go. It's, it's been a few weeks. Uh, you've had the chance to digest yeah. what was discussed. Can you share a few of the industry trends that came out of really the incredible discussions and the panels and the folks that you assembled down in Orlando? Yeah, absolutely. And and listen, I appreciate you giving me an opportunity to talk about the conference because it was our best one yet for, for many reasons. But if you Agreed. think about it, just from a stat standpoint, 2,700 attendees was a Holy record, Lord, 225 presenting companies, let alone probably another 75 that were there in the hallways, another record for us. Um, and it, and to your point, Jimmy, that you made earlier, I mean, like people were just really excited to be out and be there again. And I think, you know, the original construct of the conference was the ICR exchange, which was for everybody to get together and, and exchange ideas and talk about stuff. And I think more than ever. Was that, it, I'm sorry. Was it, was it originally just ICR companies like, like clients working yeah. together or was it, it was. Well, so you know what it was originally, believe it or not, this was our 25th anniversary, 25 years ago. It was like, you know, 10 middle-aged white dudes around a table at a Dave and Buster's talking. There was like three companies, three investors, three analysts, and a couple ICR folks, you know? Right, right. Yeah, yeah that was the original construct. All grown up, all grown up. And by yeah, the way, my so, daughter, my da young daughter, loves Dave and Buster's, loves it. So, well, I mean, <laughs> it, it, it was great for us back then, let me tell you. So, I mean, what we... What we saw this year was, was of course, to some degree, the not surprising, right? So a lot of people talking about things like labor, commodity pricing, inflation, obviously the big R word recession was in and around. I think what we started to learn at the conference was people were a little less worried about it than maybe they had been in Qs 3 and 4. Um, we were starting to see some soft. That was that nice at the uh, STK party, I think. That was the alcohol speaking. Yeah, that could have been that too. You're right, and that always helps, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> no inhibitions. Fuck yeah. inflation. Anyways, we can yeah, edit exactly. that out. Um, but uh, no, no, no. Yeah, this is this is this is not FCC regular. You can say whatever you want, baby. This is an adult Bart podcast. Birthday Blanche. Earmuffs. Earmuffs. But we did right. start to see that we did start to see that movement in the right direction from that sort of you know because you got a lot of public companies that are reporting and and that's what they were focused on. I would which tell is you really that, cool by the way that the public companies are actually there like really yeah. talking. Like they're not just giving you the bullshit. They're really giving you the stuff. 
Yeah, most of them have to pre-announce to be able to do it too, which is great. It gives them the platform to do it, which was, you know, which is exciting about that. I think what we're seeing, which is interesting right now, is that as we start to enter, you know, the the earnings cycle here for the full year last year, um, and Q1 earnings cycles coming up, right? Um, we're seeing a little bit more of that. Like it's interesting data. It's very choppy data, um, but I think of like. You know, the, the economy, the health of the consumer, especially low end consumer, you know, res- remain, you know, sort of top of mind. We had earnings from, you know, the largest retailer in Amazon, one of the largest casual diners in Brinker, the largest QSR McDonald's, largest coffee chain Starbucks, largest food distributor Cisco, all in the last week or so. And so that's giving us a pretty good picture, cross section on what's happening for restaurants. I think it's interesting because it's, again, it's a little disjointed. You see, like, Lower frequency at Brinker, higher frequency at McDonald's, and yet average check is lower spend at McDonald's, higher spend at Brinker. Um, so, I mean, it's a limited sample size, but I think you're starting to see that lower end consumers are trading down. Going into QSR, they still want to go out, but it's less spend for them. You're seeing so that you see the frequency pick up, but then you're seeing the middle income consumers are probably holding strong, and maybe that bodes well for the recessionary, you know, um, fears that people have. That was the sort of roundup on the financial side. I thought the coolest thing out of the conference this year is that, you know, it's been a long time coming in this country. Europe was way ahead of us on it, but like people's connectivity to their food, where they're getting their food from, the health implications of their food, and even their booze or non-booze, to your point, Chatsy, we had a couple of, you know, non-alcohol spirits companies there and stuff like that. I think People's focus on what's better for them, healthy living, what's going in their bodies, how they manage it. wellness is all the rage. It was really cool. It was really cool to see that. And there were some really cool disruptive companies there that I never heard of, like, uh, you know, that company Boisson that's doing the uh, the non-alcohol spirits distribution stuff was really amazing. So that is definitely I, I a big segment. Yep. Oh, it's, it's, a, it's a super super important space for our industry. I'm not saying Shets and I participate as much as we probably should in the non outside, but you know what? We respect it. Listen, it turns out that while we started this podcast, because uh, uh, we like talking to people, we like chatting them up and asking questions, we learned along the way that sometimes our guests have a question or two for us. So let's kick off talking back. Uh, we offer our guests a chance to ask us a question or two. As we like to say, nothing's off the table. Anton, the microphone is yours. Yeah. So, you know, what I find incredibly refreshing, interesting, hilarious is the sort of yin and yang you guys have achieved. Um, And so I I wanted to get a little bit of context on your relationship, but I thought I would give you a very specific point to start with, which is that you have such dramatically different email styles. Can you comment (laughs) On your email, each other's email styles and how that's reflective of your larger relationship. Oh, boy. Are you saying that my one emoji responses to emails is and Jimmy's four pages? I do a <laughs> thumb up or a smiley face. Jimmy I, I writes feel, four pages. I feel like, Shatsy, I might get lucky if I get a signature. And Jimmy, I feel like I have to grade your dissertation every time I hear from you. <laughs> I, uh, uh, Shatsy, let you go first as, as I usually do. Go ahead, Shatsy. Yeah, no, I got to tell you. First, I don't know who the, who's, who's the yin and who's the yang. I don't know, but I got to tell you. Look, as, as you could probably tell, we love what we're doing. We have a great time. And Jimmy and I have known each other for a long time. It's It's got to be, uh, you know, it's it's coming on. It's, it's over 30 years. Well, so over 30 we, years. 
Yeah, so we yeah. enjoy each other's company. We've been friends for a long time with our third partner, uh, Dean. Uh, so we all have been friends long before we were business partners. Uh, so that's a lot of fun. So being friends and now business partners, and we've been business partners for quite some time. Jimmy was always an investor on the restaurant side, but now since we launched uh, Branded on the venture side, Branded Hospitality Ventures, um, you know, now we work full time together. And we just have a really, as you can see, we love what we're doing. We have a great time. Uh, and I think with respect, I mean, the, the ongoing joke with Jimmy is, um, yeah, he writes really, really long emails, but I got to tell you, it's a really good writer and they're really, really good. You know, uh, sometimes he gives me emails to edit and I can take four pages and I can, I'll, I'll bring it down to like a one liner. I go, Jimmy, this is all you need. It's just one line here. Just sign it. It takes a village, you know? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it works, you know, you're, you're spot on, but I think it works. You know, we have a great time. We enjoy each other's company. Uh, we enjoy uh, what we're doing, and uh, you, you you hit the nail on the head, Jimmy. Take it away, man, because he hit the nail on the head. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, Anto, I'll be very clear. I've never liked chat. I've never, no, <laughs> never, never liked, him. never liked. Thanks, Jimmy. Uh, I appreciate there's it. There's a means to an end, Jimmy. There's a means yes. to an end. Uh, actually, it all shows this. I agree with it, uh, uh, Shatsy said. And um, I, I know plenty of people who choose not to work with their friends or not to work with their family, and it's too personal. And I feel in the world of entrepreneurship, uh, we are entrepreneurs. We work with entrepreneurs. It is very personal. Business and, and, and personal, uh, we're the same people. Of course, they're highly correlated and aligned. And I guess what I would say for us, the, the friendship and the history we have together, there is a trust factor. Um, and while we have healthy tension among the uh, the founders and the partners, and I think that's a good thing. Nobody is taking their ball and going home. Nobody is is blowing up the the decades of which we've um, been friends and working together. And I think that's a key factoid. As far as the emails go, I want to tell you a smart uh, a smart person can write a short email. I write long emails, so I'm working <laughs> on that. Everybody tells me I got to work on it, and I really do know I need to do it. I actually I want to give Shatsy credit. I learned from Shatsy. I've really been working on the bullet points. I've been working on the broken grammar, broken English, misspellings. I got to tell you, it's I'm learning uh, um, to be. Don't, don't change thing, your yeah. thing, baby. You're too. Jimmy, you don't go change now. We're too old to change our style. Change. Yeah, I'll just keep, keep doing what you do. Keep doing. I will tell you, it's counterintuitive though, because I work with a lot of CFOs, and they never write long emails. <laughs> <laughs> They're usually just you're fired, reduce yep. the fee, or talk to you later. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I don't change what you're doing. We love it. I got to tell you, Jimmy, if you did change, we wouldn't be able to make fun of as much as we do. So don't. Sure. <laughs> you'd lose. You'd lose half your jokes if we I, I half my, between Seinfeld and your long email that have nothing to say. All right, yeah. listen. That was a great question. I hope we gave you a, a good answer, but it was a great question. And uh, like I said, we're, we've been friends a long time. We're having a great time, and 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 we're enjoying every minute of it. All right, I'm going right now to the food service feud. We ask um, millions and millions of people on LinkedIn every Tuesday. Every Tuesday, we put out a poll on LinkedIn. Hundreds of millions of people respond to our poll. <laughs> it's just astounding of uh, the reaction we get from our, our poll. We ask all sorts of interesting, uh, very pertinent questions uh, about the food service, hospitality, technology, space, everything that we love. I'm going to ask you two to play the food service feud. Are you ready? I'm ready. And very right, fired we, up for this. We asked one trillion people in the United States. And seven What responses. is your favorite <laughs> restaurant slogan? Give me your answer. Jimmy, Jimmy, bing it in. Go. Oh, this is, I love this one. 
Arby's, baby. We have the meat. That is the number one answer. That is the number. I feel like it's really hard if I don't give you the the four top answers. But but Anton, can I take a guess of which is uh one, uh, two, three, or four? Arby's. We have the meat. I mean, Burger King's a client, so I'm going to go with Have It Your Way because I have to. Answer. Good answer. Good answer. Ding, Good ding, answer. ding! Right there. Have it your way. Yeah. Uh, Burger King is right there. McDonald's. I'm loving it. And by the way. I'm pretty sure, isn't that the uh, succession, uh, Brian Cox doing, uh, uh, he does the, the little, I'm loving it. Yeah. Is, is that be. Brian Cox? I, I think I lost everybody on that one. No, no I, it could I, be. I, I don't else. know. Who the hell's Brian? Who the hell's Brian Cox? <laughs> succession, you know I mean? The whole time. Anyway, anyway, succession, and, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. yeah. And IHOP, come hungry, leave happy. So there you go. Arby's, we have the meats, number one. McDonald's, I'm loving it. IHOP, come hungry, leave happy. And Burger King, have it your way. A fantastic ICR uh, customer. Uh, Jimmy, let's let's go to Trivia Tuesday because this is what I was really excited for. Yes, we're going back to Trivia Tuesday, my friends. If you remember at the top of the episode, I gave you two truths and a lie. Here were the three facts about our friend Anton. Anton, One question question before you get to him. Yes. At Brown University, at Brown, did you love lacrosse over there? I did love lacrosse, but I went to graduate school at Brown. I played at the University oh, okay. of Richmond at the time. Uh, he fell for it, Jimmy. He fell right into my trap. Now ask your oh, trivia. Oh, now no. Go, Jimmy. Go. Go. He fell right into my trap. Three facts were <laughs> Anton tried out for Survivor early on and made it to a casting call. Two, Anton was a rainforest guide in Ecuador. Three, Anton plays competitive lacrosse two times a week. Shatsy, care to guess? Yes, I, I'm telling you right now. Uh, Anton tried out for Survivor and made it to a casting call. Look at the guy. He's in incredible shape. Of course he did. Uh, 100% true. He was not a rainforest guy in Ecuador because that's just ridiculous. Uh, if he was going <laughs> to Ecuador, he was on some luxurious uh, trip, you know, with his family. And, yes, he plays competitive lacrosse. I don't know, two times a week, but certainly at least once a month. All right, Anton, why don't you give the answer, my friend? I play competitive lacrosse two times a week from May to September, and I was a rainforest guide in Ecuador. Oh, I can't believe that. Oh, man, you crushed me. You crushed oh. me on that. Oh, man. I like right, it. Well. I like it a lot. Man. Boom. Look at that. I yeah, was betting long. so heavy you were the Survivor guy because I could see ago, you long time ago. saying, I really want to be on Survivor. I tried out for Survivor, but I did not make it to a casting call. Uh, he tried out, but didn't yeah. make it to the casting call. Right. Okay. So that's the touch there. That was the touch. But also I – mean, uh, how, how many people try out? I mean, that, that's got to be – how many? I, I sent in a video. My kid made yeah. a video of me. I sent in a video. Why not? Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, yeah. I think I, mine, mine was uh, – I thought mine was – I had an actual friend of mine who was a filmmaker who had me do it. And I thought her idea was genius. I think they immediately dismissed it. But basically – it was a series of survivor clips, survivor like clips, right? So it was like, you know, some sort of immunity challenge. And then we did like a blind side around, you know, the fire at night or whatever. But the other contestants were like six and seven years old. And so, like, you would see me like sprinting and then I'd blow past some six year old who couldn't run as fast as me. And then, you know, I blindsided this one little girl and she started bawling and everyone's like, dude, that's not nice. And I was like, blindside, blindside. Yeah. Dude, that sounds, first of all, that sounds hysterical. I'd like to see that. I'd like to see that because that's a, it sounds like it was professionally done and it sounds really funny. Certainly, if nothing else, it should at least, it should at least be a reel on Instagram. Nice. Yeah. I got to go right? find it. I don't know where, I don't know if I have the tape still. Because it sounds hysterical. All right, listen. 
Let's go right into, let's go right into the Branded Quickfire because we're running out of time and Anton's got a lot of work to do. So let's go to Branded Quickfire. I'm going to ask you five lightning round questions, okay? Don't think too hard. This is not, not arguably, it is the highest rated podcast segment in the entire world from what I understand my producer just told me. Thousands upon thousands of mail all week long about how much they love this segment. So Anton, we are so excited to have you on Branded Quickfire. Here okay. we go. Five lightning and questions. Favorite childhood sitcom? Oh, Brady Bunch. Yeah, duh. Where <laughs> are you getting dinner from tonight? Uh, Tuesday night, sushi night. Nice. Sushi night. Sunday's Chinese for me. What's your favorite food city in the world? Huh. Um, okay, bit random. Uh, Hong Kong, because I feel like you can get the best restaurant in any cuisine in Hong Kong, but then also you can go to the extremities. You can get the super funky random thing that nobody wants to eat all the way through like high end, you know, dining. Love it. Where's your favorite place to travel? Uh, anywhere in Latin America. Uh, I had a chance to go Patagonia a couple of years ago. Uh, Ecuador. Anomaly. <laughs> I've done Ecuador a lot, as you can imagine, Peru, Ecuador, Brazil a lot. So. All right. Here is the big question. Okay. Always question number five. I'm nervous. Sticking I'm nervous. The, is it right? Sticking with the whole survivor theme. If you were to challenge Jimmy Rye to a final fire making, who would you have better odds of beating? Jimmy, longtime camper Brant Lake. Shatsy, longtime Camp Lennox. So we know a little something about the survivor. Granted, they were bunks, and we were all Jewish, but still. <laughs> <laughs> but still, we survived out there. Right, right. We survived. In, we survived in bunks at Kiss in the Adirondack. I with sugar, with sugar cereal. Captain <laughs> <laughs> Crunch and Fruit Loops for breakfast. I, that's, a, that's a tough one. We, that's we tough. hunted, I'm go we back, hunted ready? for Captain Crunch, yes. I'm going to go back to the email strategy. And I'm going to say Jimmy because Shatsy, I think you lose interest after about three minutes. Yeah, you're probably yeah, Jimmy. Jimmy would agree with that. Fire Schmeier, I got to get out of here. <laughs> and I'm, and I'm my friend, I knew you were a wise man, and now you just once again proved it. Yes, Shatsy, uh, what? Something said Shats? What? Huh? Where? <laughs> it always distracts Shatsy with a little uh, shiny object. Um, uh, yes. No, Anton, thank you so much uh, for choosing me um, and uh, for joining us on the podcast today and for sharing all your great insights. Uh, we really do love what you and the ICR uh, crew are, are doing and um, and really appreciate the hard work, not just during this uh, transformational period in our industry, but just always. You guys are truly leaders in the space. If you want to get in touch uh, with Anton directly, you can email the podcast team at podcast at brandedstrategic.com, and we'd be happy to make the introduction uh, for you. To our listeners, we want to thank you so much for taking the time to tune in with us. We know there are literally hundreds of thousands of podcasts out there, and the fact that you continue to hang out with us and spike our subscriber base and listeners is something we value. We appreciate it. We always want to be uh, earn uh, the time you're allocating to us. Uh, please join us uh, next week. We will have our friend, our guest, uh, Mr. James O'Reilly, the president and CEO of Smoky Bones. Chad, you remember Smoky when I met James? Met him backstage. Oh, Jimbo, backstage. yeah. 
backstage at yeah. the uh, and uh, at FS big at FS tech event. We hit it off and can't wait to have James on the show. And finally, if you haven't done so already, please subscribe to our podcast. So you don't miss out on any of the exciting guests we'll have coming up in the future. So this is Jimmy Frischling, your finance guy, uh, with appreciation um, and, and gratitude to Anton, passing it back to my boy Shatsy. Thanks, you guys. And thank you, Jimmy. Hey, Anton, wait one second. Don't hang up yet. I got two shout outs. First of all, if you want to check out a really cool company, ICR, go to icrinc.com. Check it out because let me tell you, they're doing some really cool stuff and they're working with some of the really just the most innovative brands, the biggest brands, the coolest, most upcoming brands, just everything, doing some really cool stuff. And I got to tell you, speaking of Jimmy's long writing, but beautiful, eloquent, beautiful writing, if you haven't already subscribed to the Weekend Update, Jimmy sends out a newsletter every Saturday morning like clockwork. And I got to tell you, it's the weekend. It's the branded weekend update. Check it out. You can get it on LinkedIn. You could also get it on our website, brandstrategic.com. Check it out. Cause I got to tell you, you will see some of Jimmy's writing and it's beautiful. So listen, this is, there you go. And this is Shatsy, AKA restaurant guy signing off. Anton, thank you everybody. Cheers. Thanks guys. Cheers everybody. Thank you.